Hi, my name is Julian Champwas. I'm professor of English and a core faculty in the Consortium for Critical Diversity and the Digital Age Research, CEDAR, at Michigan State University. And I'll be your host for this episode of Every Tongue's Got to Confess. The purpose of the podcast series is to explore the experiences and stories of communities of color by listening to the voices of attendees at the 2019 Zoya Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. I only talk with Anna Lilios at the festival. Lilios is an author and professor of English at the University of Central Florida. Have a listen to their conversation. Could you please introduce yourself for the audience? Hi, this is Anna Lilios. I'm a professor of English at UCF. I've been here since 1985, and I'm specializing in two very different fields. One is modern American literature and Florida writers, such as Marjorie Kinnon Rawlings, and Zora Neale Hurston, and also Mediterranean Studies, uh, focusing on the work of Lawrence Durrell. Great. Could you tell me a little bit more about your work with Zora Neale Hurston? In 1989, I was pregnant, and one of my really good friends was hosting or directing a Zora Neale Hurston conference at Embry-Riddle, and I had never heard of her before and I wanted to participate in this conference. And so the only thing that I could do in the time allotted, I had the brilliant idea of going into Eatonville and interviewing all the people who knew Zora Neale Hurston. So I went to the post office and met the right, absolutely right person, Louise Franklin, who of course knew everyone in the community. And she said, oh, you can go to the, the woman next door. And oh, um, she gave me about five or six names. So I interviewed all these, and they were all women, and published the interviews in Zora in Florida, which was published by University of Florida Press. That's fabulous. Can you tell me about your involvement with the Zora Neale Hurston <clears throat> Festival of the Arts and Humanities? Well, um, after I did the interviews, the festival began 30 years ago, and I went to the first one, and I have the distinction of being one of the few people who've gone to every single one of the festivals. And I just, you know, started reading her works and just fell in love with her use of language and the themes that she wrote about and her depiction of Florida and Eatonville. So it was a joyful project, and I also had got the inside light from the community, the women who talked to me and invited me into their homes. So I was really inspired to do, do work on Hurston. Since you've attended every Zora Fest, and this is the 30th one, can you tell me how has the festival evolved over time? I think it's, it still has that hometown feel. And, you know, maybe because I know the people who are involved working on it. But it has always been a hidden gem, I think. People don't realize that the very best American, African-American scholars have come to this conference. And it's just amazing to be at home and to be able to go and listen to these, the great speakers, you know, Henry Louis Gates and Cheryl Wall and Bell Hooks, all of these just tremendous writers it's, you know, besides the creative writers, Alice Walker. Um, so it's just been a real treasure. How has people's knowledge of Hurston and Eatonville evolved over time, in your opinion? 
I think uh, the festival has done a great job of introducing her to a, a vast number of people. I'm not sure exactly, but I think about 150,000 people come to the festival every year, and they take back to their own communities, you know, knowledge about Florida and Eatonville. And I think um, this year, in fact, UCF has chosen one of Hurston's books, Dust Tracks on a Road, to be the subject of the, their common reader that all the freshmen at the university read. So I think the awareness is growing, and rightly so, because she's a tremendous writer, and um, she was one of the great authors that PBS highlighted in their, I, I can't remember where Their Eyes Are Watching God finished in that contest, but a lot of people spoke, you know, very highly about it. That's true, and it definitely seems that um, over the past few years, more and more people are aware of who Zorno Hurston was and, um, and her legacy. Um, and, it, and the festival has definitely done a lot to bring attention to that. Um, even though she died in 1960, her ideas fit very much with the times. Her emphasis on um, diversity and multiculturalism, um, she, even though people think that associate her with Eatonville, she wrote about many different African-American communities um, in the Everglades and on the Suwannee and in Harlem. So all of this broadens the scope of our definition of African-American literature and writers. Very true. Um, can you talk a little bit about the international community of scholars engaged with Hurston? Why are they engaged and how does this affect Eatonville? Well, um, personally, 15 years ago, a young woman walked into my classroom and she said she wanted to listen to my lecture and it turned out that she was from Russia, and she proposed that we team teach um, a section on Hurston together and have our students communicate over the internet. And that was the start of an incredible collaboration. And her name is uh, Dr. Irina Morozova, and she comes to the Zorniel Hurston Festival every year, and every two years she directs an American Studies conference at her university, which is Russian State University for the Humanities, and I go to that. So I've gone to about four conferences um, that she's directed, and she also publishes the proceedings, too, that helps to introduce Hurston's work. Um, every time I present at the conference, it's usually about Hurston. And so, and she's also writing about Hurston, so if this is an ongoing you know, very exciting project, and our students get to know each other and communicate with each other and exchange papers. And she even brought over some students, and they lived in my house for, you know, a month or so. And so it's kind of an ongoing collaboration, and it's just really, really exciting. That's wonderful. I like the way the Zorfest um, brings people together from all over the world with common ideas, common thoughts and perspectives, and, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Yes, she, they were even invited to um, a city council meeting by the Mayor Dwyer of Orlando, and he, I believe he gave them honorary citizenship or a key to the city or something like that. So that was very exciting, and uh, they are recognized and applauded for their efforts to come to Florida. Definitely. What do you hope that um, people take away from Zora Fest when they come here each year? 
Well, there are actually two parts to Zora Fest. One is the street festival, which is the celebration of African-American arts. It's a festival for the arts and humanities. And the other part is an academic component, which is held at Rollins College and also at Macedonia Baptist Church on Friday of the festival. And so I think there's something for everyone. The festival is also um, hosting the mayors of historically black African-American towns. And so that also is a, an important part of the festivals. There are also programs for the sc- for school children, and it's just really, there's some really something for everyone, I think. Eatonville is fascinating, and I'm just really delighted at the citizens' involvement and their pride in their city and everything that they can offer. And I think there's even a garden program where they're trying to, you know, celebrate good food and good eating and good health. And I think it's just uh, a very vital and vibrant community and worthwhile for anyone to come to the festival and partake of everything it has to offer. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for all of your work and thank you for talking to me today. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to Every Tongue's Got to Confess podcast, the official podcast of the Zora Neale Hurston Festival of Arts and Humanities. Holly Baker and I produce this podcast with assistance from the University of Central Florida, the Association to Preserve Edenville Community, and Michigan State University. Be sure to find the rest of the episodes by searching for us online and subscribing to the podcast. See you next time. Thank you.